Okay, I want to share with you both a very, this is a very, very deep concept. Um, and very powerful if we can wrap our heads around it. Uh, it impacts almost every area of our voda and it addresses a very fundamental question. And I'm sure must have at some point in time, if you spend any time thinking about the idea of Mishkan, Mikdash, of Mokom, etc., as, as we've talked about it many times, uh, this question has to have occurred to you and has to be something that, that, that you have, have to wrestle with. We know that Rebushim is infinite. Rebushim is not quantifiable. You can't fit him into anything. And yet, we have a mitzvah in the parsha and I'll be in that mikdash. Now, what being in a mikdash means you're in a finite space. How how do we how do we put these two concepts together? An infinite creator, an infinite whatever we're going to refer to being, if you will, right? An infinite reality in a finite space. It, it doesn't work. So the truth is. There's a Medrash that really asks this question. Moshe Rabbeinu was bothered by the same question. Moshe Rabbeinu has a vikuach, if you will, a debate, a conversation with the Rebbe Shalom. And he says, Moshe what do you mean make a mikdash? How can we make a mikdash for, for Hashuas Hashkina? How is it possible that the Rebbe Shalom can be in a Mokama mikdash? And how can it be even... If Shlomo Melech, Rosh Hashanah sees the Nebuah that Shlomo Melech is going to be the base of it's even a bigger Mokom. Where is, where is the Mokom for the Rebbeinu to be in a to be in a Mokom? How is that, how is that possible? How is that reality shot? And the Medrash is a very strange thing. The Medrash says, Akash Baruch Hu says to, says to Moshe Rabbeinu, you make the Mokom, Chofetz Amos by Chofetz Amos by 28 Amos by 28 Amos by 10 by 10 Amos, and I will be there. And not only that, but in within that makam, within the makam, you make a makam that's an amal ama, and that's where the makam of Ashur Asashkin will be. When in the makam of the Kodesh Gadashim, in the place but that's between the Krubim, in between the Bade Ha'aran, right, the, the poles of the Aran Kodesh, that's where the Shekhin is going to be shown. What, 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 what's the conversation? Moshe Rina says, Riban How's it shayach to take an infinite being and be mitzamtim you into a makom? Now, Kosh Baruch enters, make the makom, I'll be there. Where's the conversation? Where's the back and forth? Where's the, what, what, what are they talking when you When I ask you a question and you answer me with exactly what I was asking the question, how, what, what, are we talking to one another? Are we on the same base? What does the medrash mean even? That I'll be in that makom. That was exactly the question: was how's Chayach an Indian of makom for the Rebbeinu And Rebbeinu answering, "I'll be in the makom." There's another aspect to the Asiyas Mishkan that also requires, like, some sort of some uh, some understanding. It needs it needs a beer. It needs to be explained, right? Because the pasuk says, "Dabro <laughs> um, equally truma." But you should take all gifts from Ganesh Brahma. 
whatever people want to donate, they should donate, and that will be used to build the base of Mikdash. And then we have the rest of Parshas Truma, in which the Kershbrach goes through and his mafarids tells us in great detail exactly what it is that's needed to make the base of Mikdash, which materials, which spices, which things, what, what's going to be used. Was we started off the conversation by saying, whatever you want to give, you should give. Nadiva Saleh means what I choose to donate, what, what moves me, that's what I should give to the Barasham. And then it moves on into a conversation of exactly, very specifically what's supposed to be. In fact, in the Gemara in Kachim says that there's a Pasuk by Dovna Melch that says that every Amma, every, every measurement, every place in the Mokama Mikdash, every, every room, every wall, every window is designed exactly as Rebbe said. You can't deviate. You, there's no room for artistic uh, innovation in the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash is very specific what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. There is no other thing. There's nothing else in the Mikdash except what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, what the, what the Navi has been of Hua, that's what you're allowed to build in the Makkum HaMikdash. Anything else doesn't fit, doesn't go. How are you talking? What, what's going on? I mean, it, how do these two things jive? On the one hand, you're saying, Asher Yedven Libai. Whatever I choose to donate, it's in Diva Saleh. It's, it's, my, it's my own generosity. It's what, it's what I feel like. It's what relates to me. And on the other hand, you're telling me that the idea or the concept of this Mishkan is exactly what Akash Baruch asks for. There's, there is no room for there is no room for creativity. There is no room for me to make it. So how do these two things relate to one another? So Rav Lapiansky has a phenomenal, just incredible insight that that just it, it speaks to the very makar, the very source of how we relate to the concept of the Rebbeinu how we should be related to the concept of the Rebbeinu and it's based upon a Ramban in Shir Hashim. So the Pasuk in Shir Hashim says, and sort of a, like a refrain that we find several times in Shir Hashim, right? Im ta'iru v'im ta'iru, the Pasuk says. Um, uh, the Pasuk says that Pasuk, as you know, Shir Hashim is a conversation. It's not it, different from Farshim, understand that the conversation is being between different things, whether it's the Neshama and the Guf, whether it's Kali Song or Ibanishon, but but there's a conversation that's going on throughout. So it says, the uh, the Neshama, whoever the Neshama is, it's Kali Song, the Neshama itself says, I, 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 I implore you, or I make, I swear to you in front of you, the Benoist those who are around, those that are that are a part of the broader context of this conversation. That you cannot arouse the love until there's a place for that love to be, until, the, until, there's, until that love is actually desired. That, that's translated that way for the moment. Meaning, on the simple level, what that means is, what the Mepharshim generally understand that possibly be talking about is, that the Geula won't come until it's the right time for the Geula. Until 
until that love is fully developed, until it's proper, the proper time for it to express itself, it's not going to come out. Meaning, the simple understanding is that the ge'ula can't be rushed. The ge'ula, the, the relationship, the ultimate relationship between the neshama and where, where it's supposed to be won't, will not be fully expressed until the time that it's supposed to be expressed. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the general understanding that possible. Puts it again, the Ramban, at least the Ramban, as he's understood by the Mepharshim, puts it a little bit differently. And it, it creates a very, very powerful idea. He says this, this word, Achetechpatz, is Miloshan Chefetz. In Ta'eru Ava Achetechpatz means you can't be Ma'eru the Ahava, you can't arouse that love, you can't create that relationship, you can't create that bond. Until there's a chafetz, until there's something, something tangible within which to contain that that love can be contained. There has to be an expression, a connection of something that's real. Meaning, it can't be abstract. It can't be. We talk about the when we talk about the Rebbeinu the, the idea of the Rebbeinu can't be something that is just an amorphous, infinite ideal that we can't relate to. We have to actualize that We have to find a way. We have to have a chalos. We have to have a place where to place it. There has to be a chifetz in which it belongs. Now, if you even just listen to what I'm saying, it's a very dangerous idea that I'm telling you. This is, this is the yesod of the chata ego. This is the this is the underlying the underpinnings. We've talked many times about what the Chet Ego really was. The Chet Ego was Klai saw had this tremendous need, this tremendous chuka, this tremendous desire, this tremendous place that they've come to after Matzatera, where they're in a they, they feel a tremendous connection to the Rishon and they have to find they have to manifest it somewhere. So it manifests in, in the worst possible way in the Egel right? But, but in reality, the Ramban is telling us that, that the, the Egel Azov, as we've said many times before, Kalashal is holding on the highest of the high madrigas. You can't understand the Egel Azov as being a simple matter of a toast. Egel Yisrael has to be that there's some, there's a cognizance, there's a realization from Kalashal that they have to put, they place their ava into something. It's true, they misplace it at that point in time. But the concept of the mikdash, it, you need to find a place. There needs to be a makum, there needs to be a reality, something that expresses what the ava is. You can't, the, the, the Ava cannot remain something that is completely abstract. There has to be a, an, 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 a, uh, a reality that becomes something that expresses itself. This is the union of Mikdash. The union of Mikdash is, the union of Asali Mikdash HaKadosh Baruch is saying to Klaisol, HaKadosh Baruch is answering back to Moshe Rabbeinu, is the Mikdash is the Makkah for not like you're saying that it's not, it's, it's that if you don't create that reality, then it, then, it can't, then it can't express itself. Did you ever, 
experience. You're sitting, a teacher walks into the room and she says to you, I want you to write an essay. You can write the essay on any topic that you want. Whatever you want to write on, I want you to write it on. And you sit there and you go like, uh, I'm stuck. I, I have anything that I want I can choose from. Just give me a topic and I'll be able to write. Just give me something to focus on and I'll be able to channel my energies into that. But when you open it up and you make it so broad, uh, I don't know what to do with it. I, I'm stuck. The concept of not exactly the same idea, but in, within the context of this, is a, we find a, a similar a reality. It says, it says, Aim ben David Baj, it says that there's a makom, the Rebernesham Kaviyochel has a makom from which he extracts neshamos, and from those neshamos, he creates all of the spiritual potential of what the world is. And when all of that spiritual potential has been exhausted and has been expressed fully in the world, then the Mashiach can come, right? The concept of the neshama expressing itself in the guf is, is this idea that the neshama sheba guf is, is this, there's a finite reality to something that, that, express, that can express itself on some level, right? Where it has to be. Um, you have to take that infinite potential you have to take that broad array of topics. You have to, you have to, you have to hone it in. You have to compose yourself. You have to find the place where that reality can express itself. And through the expression of what that reality is, you can transform. Now you can create a beautiful essay. If I give you, if I say, write an essay about your summer vacation. So you know what to think about. You know where to focus on. You know you have you have a very finite, uh, clear line of where to focus yourself. I say write an essay on anything that moved you in, in your life. Um, now, now, I'm all, now I'm stuck. Again, I've already given you a little bit of a focus because I said it has to be something that moved you. But if I say write an essay on anything you want, just write an essay. Now, you're, it's so open-ended, it becomes something that you can't... So the reality of an infinite being, the reality of the Rebbein Shalom would express as fully be, uh, full, full, something that's completely infinite is not something that we relate to. It's not something that we have a, a, um, any ability to hone in on, to be able to, to feel what that actually is. So... When we take something and we focus it and we know what it is that we're saying, then we can express it in its fullest extent. When the Torah says, you should take whatever a person wants. And then the Torah is very specific about, the, about what the, how those things express themselves. That's the reality of how Nadiva Saleh actually expresses itself. Nadiva Saleh, that is, that is, that is too open-ended, Volunteer, volunteerism that doesn't have a focus, that doesn't have a place where you want to be. So you, there's no way for you to actually relate to that. That the concept of an infinite being, of the, of the reality of the Rivan Shom as something that is infinite, means nothing to us. 
we 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 can't because we're finite by and by definition because we're finite we can't see something that's infinite sometimes the the, the expression that's used is symptom so so people sometimes understand symptom to mean paring down making something smaller that, that's not really an accurate that's not really an accurate description of what symptom is symptom means symptom means that you give something clear parameters, you give it clear boundaries. It means to create a bond. So it is a paring down in a, in of sorts, right? Let's say when you talk about somebody who lives in poverty, you say he lives with symptom, right? A person that doesn't have anything, he lives with symptom. He he measures out exactly what he needs. The concept of symptom is more than just paring down, but it it's, it means to be fully measured, engaged in a very specific manner so that I can express that idea fully. Our capability or our the potential that we have to relate to an infinite being, to what the Rebbe is, is dependent upon not just narrowing something down. It's not a matter of making the Rebbe taking the infinite being and making him smaller so that I, I can package it. It's a matter of giving a hagdaros. It's a matter of giving a clear boundaries. If I have an idea that I'm trying to express to you and I want to describe it to you, if I can, if I can clearly define that idea, if I can give you clear parameters of what it is that I'm talking about, A, you'll understand what I'm saying, and B, it shows that I actually have a grasp on the idea itself. If the idea is kind of amorphous, it's, it doesn't have a real shape to it, it doesn't have any real definition it doesn't have it doesn't have a place where it fits it's not i can't create the box in which to put it that's that's an illustration of the fact that i don't have a solid grip on it and i certainly i'm not going to be able to give it over to you you're we're not going to be able to communicate what this idea is we talk about this when it comes to the concept of so right we talk about so what does so mean so doesn't mean something that there's this Cabal that's keeping secrets. So it means that there are certain things that are be'etzim, that are that are that in there are inherently cannot be spoken about. That means even after I tell them to you, they still remain so. Because the so is that is that I can't define it in order to give it over. It's it's something that you come to a realization of what it is on your own. That's the opposite of this idea of when we take something that is but symptom, something that is very clearly measured. There's something that has is very clearly defined. I can give it over to you in a very specific way, in a way, in a format that you can clearly relate to. That becomes something that you that, that you definitely that you understand. To uh, uh, in in um in a very clear manner. The union of Nadiva slave when it comes to the Mishkan is the same idea. You know, the Nadiva slave. When you're giving something voluntary, when, when you're voluntary, where the Torah is telling us, I want you to give something that is voluntary, but at the same time, the Torah then goes ahead and defines exactly what the gifts that are necessary are, right? It doesn't take away from the Nadiva slave at all. The reality is that that Nadiva slave is an expression, a full expression of what's necessary is what is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is showing them. You know, he's telling them, Ad until you have a chayfetz. You want to know what the chayfetz is. You want to know 
The chafetz means not just the desire. The chafetz means just like a chafetz is the same as the word chafetz, an object. It's 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 defined. It's clear. It's a manner in which Hakadosh Baruch is choosing to relate to us. That's the ahava at shetechbat that Hakadosh Baruch is relating to when it comes to these ideas. So it's not so much that I'm taking a finite object. Uh, 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 you know, it's when, if I'm giving something definition, it means I paint the lines of it very clearly. When I make something finite, that's the same idea. It's I give I give clarity to what it is, so that it can express itself fully, and I can understand it. Uh, I, I can understand it. I can understand it properly. This idea of taking something and making it yours it really expresses itself in many other places in our Buddhist system. If you think about it, when we talk about the seasons of the year, the 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 expression of how we in the if I want to experience, let, let's say, um, the, the reality of wealth or what I produce, ultimately, I have to express it within what we call, what we're magdir as, what we call the, the boundaries of what we call a bias, right? A, the expression of bias, to make a base hamikdash, to make a bias for the Ranasham, means to make a place where the reality of his of what he is or our relationship with him is expressed clearly. It's expressed within with, with proper definition. So that's not just potential, it's it creates reality to it. I mean, let me, let, let, let's let's take a when we look at let's say, for instance, uh, grain, we look at, at farming, we look at how we produce food, right? So you have you have the you have Pesach, which is an expression of when we plan things, right? And you have the Chag Hakatzer, where Shuas when you harvest those things. All of those realities are simply an expression of potential. The real simcha, the real joy, the real completion of all of that happens when by Chag Ha'asif, by Sukkot, when you gather all of that in. The reality of planting and the reality of harvesting in terms of tzvua, in terms of the grain, are very tangible. I see that I've planted something. I see that I've harvested something. I understand why I'm celebrating those things. Why are we celebrating Chag HaOsik? What are we celebrating when we, when we celebrate Chag HaOsik? Why is that called Zman Simcha Senu, the ultimate expression of our Simcha? Because planting Zriya and and even harvesting the Ktsira are only the manifestations of potential reality that I can gain from in the long run. I, it, there's no benefit for me right now. When I plant something, there's no benefit for me right now. It's, it's what's going to grow eventually. When I'm coaching, when I harvest it and flying out in the fields, there's no benefit to me right now here in the, in the here and now. The reality is that the only time it becomes something that I can actually express as mine, as owning it, is when you have the asif, when you gather it in, when you bring it into your house, when you bring it into your bias, when you express it as fully as being yours, as having control over it. Now you've realized the potential of what that thing is. 
in planting and in harvesting, it's just about manifesting potential. In gathering it in, it's actualizing that potential so that I now have something that I can that I can eat from. I have not. What the only thing that's you know you know they talk about uh, people that are super wealthy, right? These 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 people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, right? These guys have billions of dollars. Do they have billions of dollars? They don't have billions of dollars on paper. They have billions of dollars, but yesterday, what's his name, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerman, probably lost a billion dollars because his stock went down. Right overnight, his stock went down. They lost a two hundred and something billion dollars on the value of his stock. So he lost a billion dollars. So does he feel any pain that he now lost a billion dollars? If he's a smart person, he feels nothing because the same potential that he had yesterday to go out and buy the cheeseburger that he wants, whatever. Unfortunately, he's a yid. So right, the same the same potential that he had to, tomorrow to go dedicate a kol or a besamedrash, right? Halavai, right? He has that same potential today. He could still do the same thing he could do yesterday. He can do today. All that other stuff is all it's out there. It's amorphous. It's impotential. It's not, it's not real. It doesn't express itself in anything that he does. What the only things that express itself in what he does are the things that he actually cashed out and the cash that he's holding in hand. Everything else is just potential. Potential is out there, but you can't you can't relate to that. It's not something that's real to you. Can't it can't cause you? It can't. It shouldn't be. Unfortunately, we live in an olam shaka. This is the olam of the world shaka that we live in. Is that things that are bedimyon, the things that we just imagine, we see them as being real. The real things are the things that you hold on to. The real things are the things that you're able to touch. The things that are, that are part of you. The asifa when you gather it in, what the the tvua, the grain that you have. You can plant fields and fields and fields and fields and fields. If you don't have it somewhere to bring all of that into, it's useless. It's going to lie out in the fields. The rain's going to get rained on. It's going to rot. The animals are going to eat it. It's not. It's never going to become something for you. It can only become something for you when you bring it into a bias, when you bring it into a makam, when you create, when you give it definition, when you put boundaries around it. That's what Akash Baruch was telling my Shabbatu. You want to have a relationship with Akash Baruch the Rebbe is infinite, says Moshe Rabbeinu. How can, how can we put HaKadosh Baruch Hu into a Makom? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you have to put me into a Makom. You have to relate to me in a Makom. Otherwise, you can't relate to me at all. Because infinity doesn't mean anything. Infinity is just a thought. It's just a, it's just a theory. It's not, by definition, it's just a theory. You understand? Anything that you, that you, that you comprehend, to the degree that you comprehend it, is finite. So the only way that you're going to relate to this is if you make a makom, which is finite, where, where it's going to be. By the obvious, you find the same thing. Avraham Abinu is compared to Ahar. Yitzhak is compared to Asada. Ahar, Asada, these are open places. It's open potential. Avraham Abinu was Megayar, thousands and thousands of gear. And where are they? Gone. Lost. Yitzhak. Is key The whole of Yitzchak can't be part of our Klaisos because Yitzchak is a sada, it's open-ended. Where does Klaisol manifest? Through Yaakov, who's called a bias. Yaakov is a bias, a bias, something that's secure, something that has that boundaries around it, that has limitations to it, that has an expression of reality. That's where we can find a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's where we can find a relationship with what he is. Now, the truth of the matter is, it's really a two-edged sword. It really goes both ways. Because the Mishkan is an expression of the Rebbe as a makom, 
where where comes from, but at the same time, it's a boundless, bottomless pit of potential for what it is. It's not a finite amount. I've talked to you about this idea before in a different context of when you relate to something. Let's say if I if I have a dvartura to share with you, if I have something to share with you, I prepare something that's specific, but I'm not tapped into the mashurish, into the makar of what Torah is. So I have that vart, I have that vartura, and then when I finish that vartura, it's over. There's nothing more to say. We're, we're, we're done, right? But if I'm tapped into the root of what Torah is, if I'm tapped into it, it's a constant wellspring of something that continuously wells up, that, 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 that changes all the time. The reality is, right, that the Mishkan is that bias. It's true. The Mishkan is the bias. It's the Makom, where there is Hashua Sashkina. But where does the Shekhina come from? The Shekhina, it says, is Medaberis, speaks out from the Makom of the Arun, from amongst the Kruven. So Kruven are a fascinating thing. They're very, there's a very tremendous Yisod contained in the Kruven that we have to explore. And that is like this. The reality is that the Kruven express themselves, as I'll say, Kruven are called Kruven because they're Karavya. Karavya is a child, a little child. The Kruven are Karavya. They're like the little child. What does it mean? So the guy who understands it, cherubs, means they have these, this baby-like face. But what, what's the what's the, the idea? Why doesn't it just say Ravya? Why is it, why is it say Karuvan, like Karavya? Why like a child? So the answer is because the child is contains within it. A child's face is not what that face is going to look like. What you look like when you're a child is not what you end up looking at. It has all the basic elements of what that person's going to become, what that person will express themselves as ultimately. But re- in reality, it's just the potential. It's the outline of what it's going to be. It, it contains within it all of the potential that's going to come out. When we talk about the Rebarnsham as being in a makar, we talk about it, we don't, but we, we, get, we get it down to a space where the Rebarnsham is, but in that space, that space takes up no space, right? The makam ha'aron is eno minamida. The makam where the aron is, has no measurement. It's like, the the, the the medrash brings the medrash brings an idea like right and on the pasuk the pasuk says like this Hakadosh Baruch Hu says on the pasuk the the, the, the Chazal darshan another pasuk in Shirshu, the pasuk says ani right the pasuk says ani I am asleep. The Libi air, but my lave, my inner essence is awake. Libi ani yeshena, so the Chazal darshan in three ways, it's a number of ways, is that we're taking the truma means we're, we're relating to an inner essence of ourselves of Libi air. What's the Libi air? Ani yeshena, so the Gemara said that the, the, the Chazal say three things. It says, yeshena, from the Chet Ha'egel, HaKadosh Baruch forgets that, forgets the Chet Ha'egel, HaKadosh Baruch has still has a relationship with us despite that. And Yeshena Min HaMitzas, even if we forget the Mitzas, HaKadosh Baruch says, Lidi Er, but the Lave, that which has no, 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 the, the Lave is still awake. The inner, the inner longing, the inner desire is still there. Lidi Yeshena Min 
we forget about the Geula, but Akash Baruch says there's still there's still a a a, a sense of lave that's always present, a sense of longing of inner desire that always has to express itself. Which means like this: it means that, in as much as we were saying that in order to be relates to the Ranasham, we have to have a defined makom. But that makom itself that we're relating to is in and of itself infinite. That the, the, the place from which it comes from is not defined, is not limited. The place, when we get to that makom, when we get to the makom ha'aron, the makom ha'aron itself, we know where the makom ha'aron is, we know what we're trying to relate to, but the, the source of it is something that is that is this that is infinite. The source of it is something that wells up from within us and has no end to it. It's bottomless. It's something that we continuously relate to in a way that's not defined, in a way that's not limited. Because when that's limited, if the if the if the lave goes to sleep, aniyashena means we have a, we have the potential to be asleep. We can be asleep, but even when we're asleep, it's leaving the air. There's a, there's a, there's an inner desire. There's an inner longing. There's a sense that there's something more than who we are. That's why it's the kruvim are karabia. They're, they're like arabia. They're like a little child. Just they're just like the little child. The face that you see is not the face that you're going to end up with. The re, the relationship that we have, the makom, the place to where we relate. Is that it doesn't end there. It's it's something that that's that's can that is like a wellspring. It's like something that has a that has a, a deeper connection that we can continuously go back to it. It's like a well without it's a dovash in It's a it's a well, it's a it's a welling up of ideas, of emotions, of connection that has no end to it. So you really in, in the Mishkan, you have both of the you have this dichotomy, you have this, you have this this paradox of the two things are related to each other. It's a very specific makom, and yet the makom is not a makom. The makom of the of the aron is eno minamida. It has no measurement. There's, there is no limitation to that. It's our need to connect to something has to be expressed in something that's specific, which means that I can't look at Torah and say, oh, to the Torah is so vast. How am I ever going to learn anything? Find a project, find a place, create a makam where you connect, find the chesed, find the mitzvah, find the element that makes a difference to you. But in that mitzvah itself, it has to be something that's bottomless. In that, in that idea itself, it has to be something that continuously goes back and refeeds on itself. It can't become simply defined and then it becomes stale and old. It in and of itself has to be something that's, that has, that's filled with constant renewal. That's the message of the Mishnah. The Mishkan is a makum, it says that we're focusing our avod of the Rav but in that avod of the Rav it's bottomless in terms of how it renews itself and rejuvenates itself and makes us into something that we can really appreciate. Okay, you think about that a little bit, it, you know, we'll, some other time we'll come back and we'll describe how Purim relates to that idea as well. Okay, have a great chance.